1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
0: It's my music. Break it down. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat
2: me!
0: You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 110, and it's about the TV themes of the WWE ECW brand. And today I am joined once again by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. It's Sean Sidor. Hello, Sean. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing
2: well. Uh, we are uh, recording this on a Saturday, and it, as we were talking about a little bit before we went on air... Uh, it's, it feels like more of a work day for me, helping out with my father. He's, uh, he's a photographer, and you know it's graduation season, so I've been helping out with that. And uh, I actually had a, was helping him out this morning, and then I'm recording the podcast here with you, and then around five o'clock or so, I have to go back out and help him with uh, another graduation, so yeah, pretty busy Saturday for me on my
1: end. That's right, yeah, and uh, this is also the day before Double or Nothing as well. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, although, if I'm not mistaken, Sean, you're not going to watch the show live because there's a big NASCAR race at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's a tomorrow's a big day. Uh, of course, the Indi- the uh,
2: Indianapolis 500 is run lunchtime, and then the the uh, the NASCAR race is later on in the night. It's Particularly a big race for NASCAR. It's their their uh, the coca-cola 600 which is obviously you know it's significant significant because it's the only 600 mile race they run and it's the longest race of the year so that'll be fun and it just so happens to be running up against double or nothing which you know i i was really hoping that it would have been on a saturday this year like it was previously but when i saw it was sunday i was like oh gosh darn it i'm gonna have to watch one first and then you know watch the rest I was going to have to watch the wrestling later cuz I I was a NASCAR fan first before I was a wrestling fan so for me that always comes first and then as, as soon as the race ends I'll be watching the wrestling so which is weird because uh I am normally on the voices of wrestling review for the AEW pay-per-views so I think this this will be the first one that I haven't been on in a while so it's going to feel really weird mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm Well, it's not that big of a shock to me because, like, 95% of your tweets are about NASCAR and racing, right? So no big shock (laughs) there. Um, But, like, that's the opposite with me because I don't really care enough about other sports where I would choose that over a big wrestling pay-per-view. And listen, like, I I root for the Red Sox and the Patriots and all the Boston sports teams or whatever, and I I do watch various NBA or NFL playoff games, but wrestling is number one for me. So... I just can't see myself picking NASCAR over double or nothing. Uh, no, no offense, Sean, of course. <laughs> no,
2: no, I, I, I understand. And I guess, I guess for me, it's just when it comes to like real sports versus wrestling, like I if picking between the two. I can live with If I get accidentally spoiled on the wrestling, I can live with that. But like, I never want to be accidentally spoiled on a sporting event. Like for me, mainly that's racing. So it's easier to always just do, the racing first since it's live, get out of the way. Because I, I again, I, I'd rather not be spoiled. But if I was going to be spoiled or see a spoiler, I'd rather see a spoiler for a wrestling show than you know than a NASCAR race, for example.
1: Hmm. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with these pay-per-views, whether they're on Saturday or Sunday. You know, chances are they're going up against something, sports yeah. or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, that's why Revolution got pushed back to a Sunday. Cause it was originally going up against like this big boxing show, so I guess you just have to like weigh the options on what you want to watch that night, you know?
2: Right. Yep.
1: Well, uh, anyway, Sean, uh, today we are going to talk a little bit about the TV themes of ECW, but not the classic hardcore wrestling promotion that Joe Lanza currently covers on November to Remember, uh, but rather the ECW brand that WWE started during the Ruthless Aggression era, um, also known informally as WWECW. Had the one hour show in sci-fi, of course, and the reason why I wanna talk about this now is because this is the 15th anniversary of the start of the ECW brand. You know, May, June 2006, that was the time, which just seems crazy to me because it does feel like yesterday that you know, RVD was double champion, and you had Kurt Angle wrestling Sabu and the Zombie and the Disaster of Batista versus Big Show and all that stuff. But it's been 15 years already, Sean. It's incredible. I can't believe it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty wild, and it's just another thing that reminds us that we're getting older every single day. That it's been 15 years. But uh, you know, it's funny. Is I I remember actually going to one of the early ecw on sci-fi shows uh, i think it was like a couple of months into the run and it was you know the taping schedule at that point was where it was right after smackdown uh where they were i guess they taped smackdown on tuesday for thursday or friday whenever it was airing at that point and then afterwards it'd be ecw live and i always thought you know when i when i think about it now i always thought it was weird that it would just, just the whole thing, you know, the fact that it was after SmackDown in a big arena, honestly, you know, looking back on it now, it reminds me a lot of 205 Live. Not that anyone would, like, leave or anything like that in, in the droves that they would for 205 Live, but, you know, just that same atmosphere, like, half the arena's dark, the entranceway is, is weird, it's sort of off to the side, it just, for, for being ECW, at least, in that early stage, it just didn't seem to, I guess, fit... It just, it just didn't seem to fit the big arena thing. And it was, you know, it was funny. I also looked back at the because I, I vaguely, the only thing I really remember from that show is seeing Hardcore Holly do a run-in, like through the little side entranceway they had. So I, I was curious to look at the card. And, you know, yeah you, you had one match that was like just under five minutes and then three three matches that were like sub three minutes. So it's like, okay, this is a one hour TV show, you know, <laughs> they're running through things uh, pretty quickly. And, you know, apparently I saw Kevin Thorne versus balls Mahoney and, you know, stuff like CM Punk versus CW Anderson and Rob Dan versus Danny Doring, And then, you know, big show and Sabu wrestled for the ECW title in the main event. But uh, no, yeah, it was just a, at least until they switched the motif a little bit, you know, the early era of WWE CW was looking back on it. Now it was very odd. Just, just the whole way it was presented at least for me.
1: Yeah. I remember when it first began and I was pretty excited for it because obviously I had never seen the original ECW when it was around, but I had seen some clips later on that, looked pretty wild for a, a young kid to see. and I had seen the original One Night Stand in 05, that pay-per-view, and that was a really exciting show with a great atmosphere. And I also watched the Rise and Fall of ECW documentary. So when I heard that they were going to bring back ECW as an actual brand, I was looking forward to it. And, you know, as time went on, that excitement did cool off a bit, I'd say. Um, but initially I was pumped. You know, um, what about you, Sean? Uh, do you remember how you felt when this thing started?
2: Well, it was an interesting time for me because at that point when the first one night stand would have happened, I would have only been watching wrestling at that point for about a year, maybe a little under a year. So I was, it's like, I, I thought the whole ECW stuff was like, that they were doing at that point for the original one night stand. But it was interesting enough, I mean, one angle that stuck out to me was, I think, they on the last SmackDown, they had Kurt Angle beat up Taz, and then you had a big brawl at the end of the show where Taz came out all bandaged up and, like, hunting down Kurt Angle. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, a year later, the, they had the second one-night stand, and I was really into that because, you know, I was a big fan of RBD at the time, so seeing him win the championship was pretty cool. And... Yeah. So I like, as a, I guess I would have been at that point, I would have been a 12 year old kid, you know, I had, ne- I had, you know, heard about ECW. I don't think I'd watched the documentary or anything like that yet. I I don't even think I saw either one night stand really until years later, but you know, th- it sounded interesting enough. And, you know, I, I like thought the idea of the Sandman and Sabu and Tommy dreamer and all that sort of stuff was really cool. But then, yeah, it just sort of, I guess over time you had like weird stuff like the big show coming in and sort of becoming a weird death match wrestler for like (laughs) that several month period where he would, you know, wrestle hardcore matches with like Ric Flair and all the other weird stuff that they did, like with Batista and that famous, uh, Hammerstein ballroom match. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so like I, as a, At that point, at my age, I really didn't have that much of a connection to ECW. But as a 12 or 13-year-old at that point, you know, it was just interesting to see something different with some different people who I had heard of. But who I, like the ECW originals, but who I hadn't really seen yet. So the ECW TV show, at least early on, gave me the opportunity to at least get exposed to some of those people for the first time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier the set and how different it looked. They did, at least initially, try to separate it from Raw and SmackDown in some ways. It had its own unique set, of course. uh, The Black Ropes, the ECW ring mat. Um, Instead of superstars and divas, they were extremists and vixens. And, uh, of course, you had Joey Styles and Taz calling it. And you had original ECW wrestlers there, too. So there was this attempt... To make it seem, you know, maybe not the same as the original ECW because that would have been impossible, I think. But at least make it, you know, seem unique in some ways and, you know, give it a different atmosphere. Even if you had guys like Kurt Angle and Big Show being part of it to begin with, you could see the attempts. Um, Unfortunately, as it played out, a lot of that unique stuff got taken away. And there were a bunch of changes to make it basically ECW and name only and make it much more in line with the other shows, which I think took a lot of the buzz and shine away from it, Sean, you know?
2: Right. And then you eventually got to stuff like, you know, Vince McMahon winning the ECW title. And then just, and then it eventually sort of evolved, slowly evolved into the point where it was more, it was essentially sort of the, I guess you could say the predecessors of sorts to NXT or some sort of weird, mixture between developmental and the main roster where you sort of had some of those legend, not legends, but sort of the ECW originals. And then you had some veteran wrestlers in there, but then you also sort of had, it was sort of a testing ground for all these, like these new wrestlers that were coming up. Like, you know, Sheamus debuted on ECW. I think Kofi Kingston debuted on ECW. Uh, and then you had, and then, like I said, it was just sort of also served as sort of this weird place where they would send just veterans to just work in with those some of those new guys. So, and I, I, I think that that just all goes back to the, I guess if, the, if there was a bigger like statement about that version of WWE ECW, is that, you know, if, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, but if they had called it anything else other than ECW, I don't think it would have had the, I don't know if the stench of failure is the right word for it, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have had this, you know, this awful sort of taste in your mouth about it, where if they just called it something else. Whereas with ECW, you know, it has this, this reputation, this, you know, this history to it. And what it eventually turned into was, you know, totally sort of not what people remembered ECW as being or what even ECW was.
1: Yeah, I think the comparisons to NXT are pretty apt, um, especially since it was the original NXT. The competition NXT, that replaced ECW when they stopped doing it. And and as well, if, if you think about it, NXT now, the current model with Full sale and whatnot, that started out as its own unique thing and this reprieve of sorts from the main roster. But over time, it's become, as Jeff Hawkins would say, the main roster with yellow ropes, pretty much. So you can see the comparisons in that sense, for sure. Um, And as you said, too, like, for all the faults or disappointments or whatever, you look back and a lot of guys got their start on the main roster on that brand. CM Punk, Sheamus, Kofi Kingston, Evan Bourne, uh, Jack Swagger, Yoshitatsu, Tyson Kidd, like, a bunch of prominent names got their start on the main roster on ECW to various levels of success, of course, but, you know, ECW was where a lot of people probably first saw CM Punk or Matt Seidel or whatever. So again, whatever faults it had, it did have its place in the ecosystem at the time when it came to, you know, new faces like that, Sean.
2: Yeah. And even with the transition it made, you know, after that first year or so, you know, there's, there are still, you know, at least for me. And again, this is maybe just because this is when I grew up or, you know, I, I grew up watching this stuff as a kid. Um, well, I guess more, it's more of as a, as a teenager, but you know, there, there are still moments that I remember somewhat fondly. Like, like when I think of ECW or WWE, CW, I'll always remember, for example, the monster mash battle Royal. <laughs> like for whatever reason, that's the match. just just always sticks out in my mind. And I just, just remember it for whatever reason. And then you have stuff like, you know, the, the, new, the new breed storyline. And then, you know, yeah, it was the place where Christian came back and had his run. And then that's where the Miz and Morrison really got their stuff going with the dirt sheet. And, you know, you had stuff like Kane being the ECW champion, Mark Henry being the ECW champion, Matt Hardy being the ECW champion. And then, actually, I think Tommy Dreamer even won it at one point. So, yeah, no, it's just there's still moments to remember and I, I guess to transition a little bit to the music, um, originally when you had pitched this, I thought you were—I thought we were going to talk about the themes of, of wrestlers from WWE, ECW, and I was so excited to talk about. Now I, I you know, if you had done this episode, I know if you would have included his theme in here, but I was so excited to talk about how you know, as a thirteen-year-old kid, Big Daddy V was like <laughs> the in terms of look, like the funniest looking wrestler I'd ever seen at that point. And like me and all my friends, like just could not stop laughing at the way he, I just, his look. And, you know, and after seeing him debut, we learned, okay, this is, this is, this is Viscera, this is, you know, Mabel or whatever. But just that, that B, big daddy V look was just, as as a 13 year old, that was just the, funniest thing to me like i cannot stop laughing whenever he was on screen
1: it was a bit of a shock to someone who did know him forever as viscera with the white mohawk and the leather outfit that just covered him all up and all that and then like all of a sudden he's big daddy v right with the singlet and you can see his tattoos and his um <laughs> Uh, unflattering upper body, shall we say, yes. <laughs> coming out uh, calling all cause, calling all cause. Like, it was a real shock to the system. You know, I agree, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to these themes here. And uh, yes, just to reiterate, we're only doing the TV themes of the ECW brand, no wrestler themes here. And uh, this will likely be one of the shorter episodes we've done together, Sean, because there are only four songs on the docket. And that's the benefit of only having a show go, like, four years, you know, very few themes, as opposed to, like, Raw or SmackDown, where there are, like, 50 themes each, you know? So it's going to be a quick one here. Right. So we'll start off with the first theme here uh, that began, naturally, with the debut episode, June 13th, 2006. And it lasted for a little over a year until June 26th, 2007. This is Drowning Pool off their debut album, Sinner. This is their classic song, Bodies. Let the bodies hit the flow. Let the bodies
0: hit the flow. Let the bodies hit the flow. Let the bodies hit the... floor. <laughs>
1: So there's going to be a pattern with these songs, uh, they're all going to be hard rock or metal of some sort, and uh, we're starting off with one of the heavier ones here for sure, uh, one that was played last year actually on the show, on the Summerslam episode, because uh, this was the Summerslam 01 theme, and the thing about that is that was during the Invasion Angle, and this song became the de facto theme of the alliance of WCW and ECW. So bringing this song back to be the ECW brand theme again. It's a bit of continuity between those two eras, Sean. It's pretty neat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember offhand when I first heard this song in the context of wrestling, but you know, from the moment I heard it, it, at least for me, it forever became associated with ECW and Again, as someone who, you know, I obviously had not been watching wrestling at that point in 2001 yet. I was a little too young, but it's, again, it's just a song that for me, it, whenever I hear it, it's, that's what I, take it, I think of ECW, and yeah, it was, uh, if they were able to get the rights to it, obviously, as they were able to, it was a great, uh, a great choice for a first theme there for ECW through that show's history.
1: Yeah, I mean, it works so well as an ECW theme, regardless of the past connection. Um, I think I said it last time, but this is one of the most iconic, crazy, you know, new metal, wild and out songs of all time. The refrain, let the bodies hit the floor, has basically become shorthand for let's go nuts and be violent, right? And the screaming and the metal, it's all very on-brand and perfect for an ECW-like environment that's all about, you know weapons and hardcore and pushing the envelope this is not the song for sportsmanship or grappling or things like that no it's about heavy metal intensity and that's the ecw trademark sean so there you go
2: right yep and i'll and i'm pretty sure i've seen sort of or i remember at the time seeing this song sent to like ecw like like trailers for the rise and fall of ecw or ecw highlights videos or whatever because the videos would always you know it would start with the song where it's doing the little let the bodies hit the floor until it eventually explodes at the start. And it would show like slow highlights of things happening in ECW, like, like before somebody like crashes to the ground or goes through a table or something. And then it just explodes with the, with the first part of the song. And then it just shows the highlights of ECW. So yes, yes, a very, you know, ECW. And especially for some of those highlight packages, packages they showed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, even though it's still WWE and not, like, actual ECW, you know, during those early days of the brand, as you brought up, Sean, there earlier, they were still very much gung-ho about blood and gore and all that hardcore stuff. Like, in 06, you had Edge spearing McFoley through the burning table at Mania. Uh, Rick Flair bleeding buckets against Big Show and Foley, uh, thumbtacks, barbed wire, and this is before the days of the PG rating too. Yeah, and so, then you also
2: had like on un- unintentional things like the one another early ECW or WWE ECW memory that only sticks out for me is the match with Rob Van Dam and Hardcore Holly where they did the suplex yes. spot for the table of the floor and Holly's. I have no idea how big that cut was, but it looked like it was from, like, all the way across his back. So that's another moment that really sticks out to me as one that was very memorable from that period.
1: Yeah, so at the time, having bodies didn't feel out of place at all because they were still willing to, you know, show blood and all that stuff, Sean. Yes.
2: Right. Right.
1: Well, the thing about Bodies is that it wasn't the only ECW theme that was used from The Jump. It was actually used in conjunction with another theme, a theme from the original ECW. And this one also lasted from the first episode to about a year. It's by Harry Slash and the Slash Tones off of ECW Extreme Music. The song is This is Extreme. So you talk about iconic ECW songs, well here you go, I mean, this is THE ECW song. uh, From that opening to the EXTREME CHAMPIONSHIP WRESTLING! That crunchy riff, that beat, uh, the overall dingy, malevolent tone. It makes you picture classic ECW in your mind, like, right away. And with its usage here, that's the point, of course. It's supposed to make you feel nostalgic for the original ECW as you get ready to watch the new ECW. It's all by design, uh, which is a smart move to make, especially when you've got a bunch of classic ECW guys on the roster like RVD, Sabu, the FBI, Justin Incredible, Stevie Richards, Dreamer, Sandman, so its inclusion makes sense there as well, Sean.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And when I, when I remember at the time, uh, one of the first songs I sort of you know found browsing through iTunes for you know the first couple months that we had iTunes, uh, I remember stumbling upon the ECW album, and I remember downloading uh, I think that song along with I think Sabu's song as well. So. Yeah, so that was a theme that I found. I remember, you know, the, the album art of, you know, having the Sandman on it, if I recall correctly. And, yeah, no, this is another theme that's sort of like, now obviously the Dranny Pulse song came after ECW would have closed, the original ECW, but, you know, in terms of themes, this one, you know, obviously from that original period. So, again, just further connects connects the WWE ECW to the past, to the original ECW, And yeah, no, it's just another, again, another song that's like very, you know, uh, obviously, you know, it was written for that purpose, but just whenever you think of ECW, you either think of, or I feel you either think of the drowning pool song, or you think of the, you know, this, the, uh, this is extreme song from the, from Harry, Harry Slash and the Slash Tons, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. And the way it worked was bodies was the song that played during the opening video And then when it cut to the arena, it would switch to this song. Which is rather curious in that the show basically just had two themes at the same time. Yeah. And you do kind of wonder why that was. And my feeling is that WWE wanted to play both sides. They wanted to appease the older fans who actually watched ECW by having this song in there. But they also wanted to put in bodies because that song was connected to WWE's ECW. So they were trying to have it both ways. They wanted to be both nostalgic and about the new era at the same time. Um, I mean, Bodies was like five years old at that point. So, you know, new is relative, I'd say. But that's my guess, Sean.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, again, I, I personally, you know, I I don't remember offhand, you know, that was a long time ago, you know, watching those ECW shows. But, I honestly wouldn't have minded that much if I was a little older at that point, if they used them interchangeably, because again, I associate both with ECW very well. So Uh, yeah, definitely strange that they would sort of go back and forth between them. But again, both songs work. So, you know, it's not like, not like you're really losing out there.
1: No, no. I mean, it does make for an odd transition musically though, I think, because they are both hard rock songs technically, but Bodies is a much heavier and faster song and a lot more intense than Extreme is. The tempos don't match. The guitar tones don't match. So to go from, let the bodies hit the floor, let the bodies hit the floor, to, it's a tad jarring, I'd say, Sean.
2: Yeah, no, I I definitely see that. But again, it's better. To, I guess it's better to have two songs actually fit than one that fits and one that really doesn't, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they did use this, by the way, as the only show theme for like one week as a transition between Bodies and the next song. They just used this, so there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, after Bodies and This is Extreme, uh, ECW gets its third theme that was only around for uh, about a month, July 10th, 2007 to August 14th, so not very long. Uh, This is by Marilyn Manson, uh, who has been a bit of a naughty boy as of late. Uh, This is off of the album The Golden Age of Grotesque. This song is called This Is The New Shit. we're going back to the really heavy stuff here. Uh, Again, very fitting for ECW. Uh, The message of the song could not be more clear. I mean, this is the new shit. It's right there in the title. Um, So even though the actual lyrics and tone of the song is pretty jaded and sardonic, everything has been said before, there's nothing left to say anymore, babble, babble, bitch, bitch, etc., etc., I think just using a song called This Is The New Shit for a 30 second intro is meant to say exactly that. This is the new ECW. No more bodies, no more This Is Extreme. We're moving on from all that stuff. And sure, musically it fits the ECW style and all that, but it's a sign that things have changed and they're no longer gonna cater to the nostalgic crowd as hard as they were before. I mean it's called ECW and there are ECW guys on it, but remember, it's wwe ecw first and foremost sean
2: yeah and honestly i i had really no memory of this song being the theme for ecw and i guess it makes sense considering it was for such a short period of time and when you look at the time frame that was used you know it was july august 2007 probably a time that's at least for wwe is worth forgetting with everything that happened beforehand with the the Benoit double murder, double murder suicide and the fact that, you know, before he died, Benoit was on ECW. So I I, I guess all that is probably why, you know, I have no memory of that song being used, you know, short period of time and all the Benoit stuff that happened. But uh, yeah, I, I guess as far as the lyrics go, it definitely fits ECW in a lot of ways. You know, some of the chorus stuff we're talking about, babble, babble, bitch, bitch, rubble, rubble, party, party. It's just ridiculous, but talking about like sex and violence and all that sort of stuff that does fit ECW. But then, you know, talking about this is the new shit again. Like you said, it's sort of emphasizing the fact that you know it's 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 a new thing. It's not it's moving away from you know somewhat from what ECW was into something into something new with you know new stars like at the time you know John. Johnny Nitro was becoming John Morrison, and then you had CM Punk in there, and so it, I, I guess it fit for what they were going for, and it sort of fit what ECW was starting to evolve into. But you know, well, while, while I like it, as I, I, I sort of like it as a song, I again I just have no attachment to it as being an ECW thing theme, and again that's all because of the circumstances of the timing of everything.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good song, too. I like it. And you mentioned the focus on the new guys, like Punk and Morrison. There were a bunch of changes that had happened over the course of the year. Um, You know, Paul Heyman was ousted uh, after that uh, infamous December to Dismember pay-per-view. You had a different entranceway, new ropes, uh, a blank ring mat, uh, Durag Vince as ECW champion, of course, and yeah, you've got new people in focus like the New Breed, Punk, Morrison, the Miz, and guys like RVD and Sabu were being phased out. So the whole concept of change and something new was quite evident at the time, Sean.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess what I think of that period too. I always would have. I'm I'm always curious to figure out what it would have been like if Benoit was still around at that point, but. Yeah, you know, again, ha, uh, what what happened ha, is obviously what happened. So, you know, no real point in I guess dwelling on on that too much. But yeah, again, just as far as the song goes, you know, as it's, on its own, I think it's a pretty good song. But just because of the time frame and again the circumstances, you know, at least for me, and even if some of the lyrics do fit with what they're going for, you know, I never associate that song with ECW that much, especially compared to the other two songs we just talked about.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the funny thing is they couldn't use the actual version of the song because it has shit in it. Right. They had to use the radio edit. So the opening video was like, this is the new, stand up and admit, which is pretty funny that a show called ECW couldn't use swearing given how, you know, R rated the old ECW was, Um, But again, that's just hammering home that this wasn't the ECW of old. This was just another WWE brand with different lights and ropes or whatever. Right. I should point this out too. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Marilyn Manson is the only guy besides Jim Johnston to have a song used as the theme for Raw, SmackDown, and ECW because The Beautiful People was used briefly for Raw and then later on, of course, for SmackDown. And you have this song for ECW. So, Manson has the trifecta, Sean. How about that?
2: Huh, really? I never I never knew that The Beautiful People was used for Raw.
1: Yeah, it was only for like a few weeks in 97. And then they changed it. So, yeah, very, very brief. But it did happen.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. Because obviously, you know, that song is one that I always associate with SmackDown. I think most people associate it with SmackDown. So... I guess it's one of those things that's just, you know, it's one of those things that happened but you don't remember, and then when you you realize that it did happen, it's like, oh wow, that's I never knew that. So yeah, like you you saying you tell me that now, that's the first time I've ever, you know, that's the first time I've ever heard of that being the raw theme. But that's that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, the more you know. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> so the final ECW brand theme is one that lasted from August 21st, 2007, until the very end, the last episode, February 16th, 2010, uh, with Ezekiel Jackson standing tall as the last ECW champion. Uh, Never not weird to say that. Uh, This is by Jim Johnston, featuring Saliva and Brent Smith from Shinedown. It's off of WWE The Music Volume 8. It's called Don't Question My Heart.
0: Trouble, you're gonna see that your your words are dangerous, your talk is cheap. So now I'm standing here, now I'm standing here. You tell yourself you know what to do.
1: So here's the thing, I don't hate this song, I actually kind of like it. I like Saliva, I like "Shine Down." I have no problems with this one on its own. But the thing is, contextually, it's indicative of what became of the ECW brand as time went on. Um, I mentioned the changes with the previous theme, and the focus on new stuff, and moving away from nostalgic ECW. Well, here you go. You know, this is contemporary post-grunge hard rock, whatever you want to call it. Has an edge to it, sure, but compared to Manson or Bodies, it's relatively tamer and more melodic. It doesn't have the nostalgic factor of This Is Extreme either, so there's really nothing, quote-unquote, ECW about it. But then again, the ECW brand itself wasn't really, quote-unquote, ECW anymore at this point, so... It does line up there, I guess, Sean.
2: Right, and I guess as a song just on its own, I actually really liked it when I when it first came out on that. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it was WWE The Music Volume Eight, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I believe that's also the out. Al- that's also the album that had uh, the uh, the No More Words song for Jeff Hardy. Yes. Uh, but no, yeah. When I first heard the song, I. I really liked it. I'm I'm sure part of that has to do with the fact that involves, you know, two bands that I've always really enjoyed and saliva and the the lead singer from shinedown. So, and I, I, guess for me, the fact that those, those two bands sort of combined somewhat for this song is pretty cool. Um, you know, thinking about it before this episode, you know, it honestly, this song sounds a lot more like a theme you would have heard for, uh, for NXT, maybe not like current NXT, but like 2014-ish NXT. So I I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, it, it, it certainly seems like something that would fit more with that period. Uh, certainly seems like something that might've been sort of like, and maybe not now because the, the NXT loud stuff is a lot more heavy metal, but you know, it, it would have sort of fell into that NXT loud stuff originally. And yeah, it's, Again, it's a, it's a song that I enjoy listening to from time to time whenever it pops up, and I I guess and again if this wasn't ECW if this was like something if this was just named whatever else it could have been named it probably would have worked too but as a thing for ECW yeah I I could see why it it definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't resonate. With a lot of people, especially if you knew more about the original ECW. Now, for I guess for me, you know, I again I was still growing up at that point. I was in probably would have been uh, early high school years, I guess. Right, right when ECW was winding down, um, or I guess the WWE ECW. Um, and you know, I guess for me, whenever I hear that song, I associate it with that era of WWE ECW, sort of the last few years there, but. Yeah. Again, I can understand why it doesn't sort of connect with that original, the original WWE ECW, or even the original CW, obviously. Um, and again, it just seems like something that would have been more fitting for uh, the original NXT. Well, not the I guess not the original original NXT, but the original <laughs> wholesale NXT. Let's go with that.
1: Yeah, I had the same NXT comparison in my notes as well. Because, look, the song is fine for a wrestling show theme. It's all about fighting and standing up for yourself. Don't Don't question question your heart. (laughs) Don't question my heart. Yeah, exactly. Don't question the fire that burns inside. Don't question my heart. Don't question a heart prepared to fight. It works for any old wrestling show, really. But that's exactly the point. ECW, this name that is so associated with being counterculture and doing its own thing shouldn't feel like just any other wrestling show. It should feel unique, um, especially with the music. I mean, you think of ECW music, you think Enter Sandman, Natural Born Killers, Walk, Man in the Box, War Machine. You know, music that both had this real aggression to it, but also went against the grain of what WWF and WCW were doing with their music at the time. But when you have a song like this, which, again, I like it, it's fine but feels like it could be a Raw or SmackDown theme, then you're pretty much off the mark when it comes to getting the feel of old-school ECW, Sean.
2: Yeah, I mean, you still had Tommy Dreamer there at that point. I think he... I mean, i I'm trying to remember who was even still there at that point, but he might have been the only real connection there was left because, you know, Sabu had left by that point, Sandman was gone. Uh, I, I And mentioning Sandman now, I, rem- I remember that they drafted him to Raw for a weird reason. Uh, RVD had obviously left WWE at that point, too. So, really, the only connection to ECW, to the, even you know, the original ECW, was just Tommy Dreamer, and that was really it. And then it was just, you know, guys like Christian and Matt Hardy and Mark Henry and Kane for a while there mixed in with, you know, a bunch of new guys.
1: Yeah, and you also had it sharing the same set as Raw and SmackDown, and right. you had all these different commentary teams with, like, Mike Adamley and Todd Grisham and Matt Stryker and all those guys, you had the PG rating too, so no more blood. Um, And yeah, like Chavo Guerrero was ECW champion, you know, Kane was ECW champion, Mark Henry, Christian, it became just another brand. And that's okay, you can do that. But when it's still called ECW, while at the same time being nothing like ECW, it does feel a bit more hollow, I guess, Sean.
2: Right. It's just it's just not the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, those were the ECW brand themes. And uh, like I said earlier, a very quick episode, that's for sure, because it was a very quick brand, only around for a little less than four years. Um, I mean, NXT, current NXT, has been around for almost a decade now. And Raw and SmackDown have been around for much, much longer than that. So... By comparison, WWECW's existence is just a drop in the bucket. Um, and you know, look, there were all those changes and the homogenization and dilution of the ECW name and all that stuff, but it did have its moments, especially early on, and it was the launching pad for a lot of names in WWE, and it's an essential part of the very, very, very long history of of ECW nostalgia that will just never go away seemingly. So it had its time, it had its moments, and it had its part to play, Sean.
2: Yeah, and it's even, and you you're, you mentioned comparing it to other shows uh, in terms of, I guess, longevity, and pretty sure yeah, this was brought up last year, but it's very, very strange to see that I, I, I could have the dates off, but I'm pretty sure... Even a show like 205 Live has outlived the life of WWE ECW. Or if it hasn't, yeah, it's gotten very close or has just surpassed it somewhere in that range. I'm not sure what the exact date comparisons are, but you know, 205 Live has been around since 2016 and it's coming up on its five year anniversary this year, and ECW the WWE brand version of it wasn't even around for five years. So that that sort of stuff is like because 205 Line Live at this point is such a such a nothing brand that nobody pays attention to. And the fact that, you know, ECW didn't even live that long is pretty it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird. You know, we're in the content era right now where the goal is just to put out content and to fill time and fill out these these hours and these shows. And yeah, a show like 205 Live where nothing important ever happens. It's the same eight guys wrestling each other every week in different combinations. Nobody talks about it, but it's still on because it's content. So, yeah, you, you do wonder, like, if the ECW brand started maybe 10 years later with the network and all that stuff, would it still be here because it's just content? You know, you do wonder that, Sean.
2: Yeah, and I guess when I whenever I think of the WWE version of ECW, I'll always think of you know whatever the rumored original plans were with you know Shane McMahon and it being on you know WWE.com and or the stuff where i could be getting getting this information wrong but i think at one point they wanted to try to turn it into sort of a a ring of honor style you know shoot brand with like Vladimir Kozlov and Santino Morella under his like like shooter gimmick or whatever he was doing originally so yeah it's just sort of interesting that you know when you think of the wwcw that even you know people like paul Heyman were like trying to turn it or wanted to originally turn it into something totally different instead of like you said sort of just going through the nostalgia that at this point has been you know driven into the ground after 20 years i mean you still got tommy dreamer doing you know old school rule matches on impact every now and then. So
1: yeah, as long as he can still breathe, Tommy dreamer will just fly that flag forever, you know, and, and people will still chant easy dub at him too. So, you know, why not? Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of music of the mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Sean, thank you so much for being here because this was a lot of fun as always.
2: Yeah, no problem. No problem. It's always nice to talk to you, Andrew. You're uh. You're a great podcast host and uh, I think I talked about this the last year when I did the Batista episode but it feels like, e- like every year I'm always on the show it's at one point or another so it's always good to check off yearly the, the at least once a year Music of the Mad
1: Appearance. Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead.
2: Um, well, you can check out my work at VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, As of this recording, the most recent uh, piece I Contributed to was the the preview for AEW Double or Nothing, which uh, depending on when this show goes up, that show would have already happened already. So, but you could you could definitely check out what we thought before going into the pay per view with myself and uh, Suit Williams and uh, Steve Steve Case, I believe, was the other re- the previewer on that. Uh, and then I guess the other thing I'll plug real quick is that. Um, there's a there's a website called be the which has a lot of info for like wrestling uh like wrestling sim games like extreme warfare and tw and that sort of thing and I do have my own thread set up on there where I basically go over all of my pay-per-views from the one scenario I'm doing playing as WCW so if you want to read that go check it out and I'm actually at some point I'm going to be, I actually have another T, not a TW, but another EWR game set up, which I guess to bring it back full circle is set in 2001. So, you know, working through the invasion and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's just, I, I really enjoy playing. I think, I think EWR is sort of my ideal, my ideal wrestling sim to play. So that's a lot of fun. So you, you can check out my stuff on the Be the Booker forums over there. And uh,
1: let me know what you think. Yeah, back in the day, I used to play a lot of wrestling Sims because I had a PC at home. Um, So EWR Promotion Wars; those were my games. I was never a TEW guy, um, but I did try out a bunch of them. Um, And then I got a MacBook Pro, and that became my computer. And I just stopped playing them pretty much. Um, I mean, I could use like the Wine program to play them, I guess. Yes, I will
2: say I will say that I I figured out how to get ewr set up on my mac and to this day i I think i set this up at this point probably just under three years ago and to this day i still don't know how i managed to make it work on my mac on my mac laptop my macbook air i still have no idea how i managed to get it to work but (laughs) i'm not complaining it works so the only the only weird thing is that I can only do like one I can only book one show at a time, so if I try to do more at once and the game crashes, but that's not a big deal. I just have to it's a little it's a, it's a slight inconvenience, but it's not too bad. I just have to close the game out, start it back up again and, and go forward. So yeah, EWR is always fun.
1: And Music of the Mat is of course part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at voices dot com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course... Great review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Sean, thank you again, and I'll see you around.
2: Yeah, no problem. I'll see you around as well.
1: All right, for Sean Cedor, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Met. Take care, guys.